Welcome everyone to another amazing episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I am your host, Eldin Hassa, and I am very excited to tell you that my guest is an amazing human being who has spent over 20 years helping and inspiring humanity, transforming lives single-handedly. Uh, his name is Kut Blackson. He's originally from London, or actually born in Ghana, to Ghanaian father and um, Japanese mother. He spent a lot of time in London. At, at a young age of eight, he did his first public speaking event in front of 3,000 people. He is a beloved inspirational speaker, transformational teacher. He's authored a national best-selling book, You Are the One, and The Magic of Surrender. He's widely considered the next generation leader in the field of personal development and has been featured on Larry King, Fox, Friends, Dr. Drew, as well as Inc. Magazine calls him the mindfulness guru, billionaire's go-to for advice. So welcome, Kurt Blexen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, yeah, I just, look, I've been following you for a long time and I just love your work. You really um, stir people's souls and really inspire them to realize how amazing they already are. And obviously you teach them the tools to take home through your books, through your live events, through everything that you are doing. So let's begin first of um, from the point of what inspired you to be where you are, to do the work that you so love, so passionate about. What inspired you to be, to be where you are today? Yeah, what inspired me? Um, you know, from a very young age, my first memories, I, I, I was a very em empathetic kid, you know, growing up in London. I was a very feeling kid. I would feel people's pain very deeply. I'd feel people's suffering very deeply. I felt people. And being empathetic, there was a part of me that always wanted to reach in and somehow alleviate people's suffering. I didn't know what that would look like exactly, but I just, just wanted to reach in and, and like make it okay. And, and so, um, I felt people and I, and, 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 and I just wanted to heal. I wanted to like, ah, I just, it was so strong, you know? And, and so also from a very young age, I, growing up in London, um, I, I grew up around because I went to, I got a scholarship to Dulwich College, so, which is a very prestigious college in, in, in London. Uh, so I grew up around a lot of kids who had families that had everything. They had like, politicians' kids, presidents' kids, they had every reason to be happy, every reason to be fulfilled, yet many were miserable and unhappy. And so the, it didn't make sense, yet I grew up around, uh, I didn't come from a very wealthy background, so I grew up around a, a lot of folks that didn't have very much, yet seemed to be happy and fulfilled. And so uh, this was a huge question. So also from a young age, I began to question the nature of reality, the nature of life, or why do some people who seem to have everything seem to be miserable? And why do some who seem to have nothing seem to be happy and fulfilled? And, and what's the purpose of life? And where do we come from? And is, is the purpose of life just to wake up and, you know, go to work, make money, have babies, you know, go on a vacation, buy a car, and then die? Like, 
there has to be more to this existence than just that. And this began an entire quest for me. And so also from a very young age, I grew up in a, in a, in a kind of environment that was deeply spiritual in nature. Uh, one of my first memories that really impacted me, maybe inspired me in some way that I wasn't even aware of at the time was I remember being a chubby, about seven, eight years old, a chubby kid in Ghana, West Africa. And I saw a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the sand that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. She couldn't walk. Talk about a miracle. And so week after week, I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up out of wheelchairs. The same man who sent she picked up would look at a woman in a wheelchair and say, stand up. Why are you in this wheelchair? You're not sick. The same man would look at a person who came in without eyesight, put his hands on them and they would see sight was restored, incurable diseases. And so this man was my father. He built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa. He built a huge church in London, in Wandsworth, actually, and then Brixton, Wandsworth, Peckham. But the, at the height, the church was maybe four to 5,000 people every Sunday. And so my speaking career began at age eight, because age eight, I was thrown into the audience and my father said, speak, my son's going to speak. And that began kind of a an experience of speaking and, and communication and teaching. And every month, every six weeks, every few months, I'd be thrown into the audience and speak for an hour, speak for 30 minutes. And, and so when I was age 14, uh, my father announced to the congregation that my son is taking over my ministry. He's my successor. And my jaw dropped <laughs> another moment that my life changed because, you know, the feeling when... Uh, the feeling when your heart sinks because you know something's not right. My life, my entire life was set out for me. My father had the plan and a vision and an idea for my life. And I knew that that wasn't my path. I knew deep in my soul that this was not my, my soul's destiny. You know, I thought a different calling. But, you know, as a 14-year-old kid, I think many of us can relate in different stages of our lives. I knew this wasn't my path. I thought I had a different path, but the truth is I was too afraid to speak my truth. I was too afraid to tell my father how I felt. I was too afraid to, my fear was if I dared to speak, if I dared to follow my path, if I dared to be who I really am, I'm going to lose his love. I'm going to be outcast. I'm going to lose the community and I'll be alone. And I think many of us as human beings, we, we allow ourselves to be hijacked by fear. We allow our purpose and our dreams to be hijacked by fear. And we don't do what we've, what we've been put on this planet to do. We don't, we don't express what we really want to express. We don't give our gifts at the level that we want but out of fear and what will people say and the unknown. And so for me, it took me four years to muster up the courage uh, four years of turmoil, you know, questioning, conflict, turmoil, depression, prayer, you know, confusion. Uh, when I turned 18, I had to make a decision. I could no longer just keep going. Uh, did my A-levels and I chose not to go to university. And so now I was at a crossroads and I felt a huge calling in my soul to come to America. Uh, sometimes what your soul guides you to do won't always make sense to your logic or your mind. But I really believe in my heart that if you follow your inner guidance, if you surrender to your soul, if you, so, if you follow your truth without compromise, 
you will always end up in the right place, even though the route that you take may not be the one that you expect. And so my soul was, was guiding me to come to the US. I wanted to come to the US because from eight to 18, I started reading hundreds of books in the field of personal development, psychology, spirituality, meditation, you know, the Eastern mystics, Krishnamurti's Osho's, the Western mystics, you know, Blavatsky, the, the, the uh, personal development gurus, Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, this was my passion and so, I wanted to come to the to America, Southern California, Los Angeles, to meet these people, to learn from these people. I wanted to go into this into this field. I had dreams of, you know, writing books and inspiring people through seminars and you know inspiration. And yet, I had no idea how this was going to happen. But I felt it in the depth of my being that this is my path. Yet, my path was set out for me, and I looked into my future age 20, age 30, age 40, age 50, age 60. And I realized I could follow the expected path and I could be successful by someone else's standards. But if I didn't have myself, if I didn't have my integrity, if I didn't have my truth, if I didn't have my soul, what kind of success is that, you know? And I saw really early on that I think, you know, you cannot be truly fulfilled and happy being someone that you're not. You cannot be truly fulfilled and happy living someone else's life. And so four years later, I finally had a conversation with my father, another moment that changed my life and put me on this trajectory. Um, I was terrified, by the way. Sometimes people think you have to eradicate fear, have no fear. But, you know, I think when you're going to the next level of your life or you're going in the direction of your purpose, you will often encounter fear. I like to say, if you never feel fear in your life, your dreams and your goals are probably not big enough. They're probably too small. You're in a comfort zone because if you're truly growing, you're going to feel some fear. And, and, and yet we're forced in those moments to access a deeper level of courage. And so took a lot of courage to speak to my father. I told, I told him, Dad, I'm not taking over. Trembling, afraid. I looked into his eyes, felt like I was breaking his arm. I said, I'm not taking over your ministry. I love you. He said, are you sure? I said, yes. We didn't speak for two years. <laughs> that was it. It was really devastating for me. But I knew what I had to do. And I knew that I was on the right path. And I knew that I could not betray my soul. We didn't speak for two years, which was very difficult. And cut a long story short, I, I ended up winning a green card in the lottery. You know, I was in this abyss of like, I made this crazy decision, no support from my dad, family, you know, universe. Like, I feel abandoned. And I prayed. I'm like, okay, if all of this personal development stuff works, if it works, you know, law of attraction, personal development, meditation, if this works, I Give need me to the know. sign. Give me the I sign. I need to know, right? I need to know. Give me the sign. I need to know that it works now. And I sat there in tears and someone, maybe half an hour later, I was in the library of Dallas College. Someone hands me a magazine, The Economist magazine. I feel a strange thing. I look in the back. It says the American government's giving away 55,000 green cards in the green card lottery. And that's when I felt chills in my body. I felt this alignment. I felt this sense. And, you know, I entered through this law firm. And three months later, I won a green card and came to the U.S. Uh, months later with two suitcases, you know, one in the country, $800 in my pocket, and just following my soul, following my dream. And then I went and found mentors and teachers and all the folks I'd read about, went to seminars and studied with some of these folks. And then also, you know, went on my own quest of traveling to, like I got to the point years after being in the US where I realized, you know, I, I wasn't content with just reading. 
someone else's information. I wasn't content reading someone else's experience, someone else's teaching. I wanted to know truth, happiness, you know, enlightenment, freedom. I wanted to know for myself in my own direct experience. And so packed up everything, went to, went to India, studied with saints and mystics, went to walk the Camino, you know, 800 kilometers, went to Thailand, studied with monks, went to Israel, studied with rabbis, went to Indonesia and Peru, studied with shamans, really on a quest to try to get some answers, you know, who am I and why am I here? And what's my true purpose? And so through that journey inside, I came back uh, with a real sense of freedom and joy and, and, and freedom that wasn't based or dependent on anything outside. And I felt so free as a young man in my 20s that I, I thought, I want, I want everyone to feel what I feel. I want everyone to feel this sense of peace and freedom that is not conditioned or dependent on stuff or anything outside. And so that's when I started to coach people one-on-one. -on -one. one person came, two people came, and you know, they transformed and people started coming from around the world and organically my work grew and evolved and expanded and it just kept going so that's the short version yeah and obviously you know you've done a lot of uh, you know transformational sort of one day events weekend yes, seven yes. day seminars like real real profound transformation that you've witnessed in front of your eyes and um, now as my podcast is called The Human Experience, and the reason mm. I share with you, my audience knows that um, we are spiritual beings um, having a temporary human experience. That's why I named my podcast The Human Experience. So as a result of what I just said, I want to ask you a question, which is basically like a two-part question, and then you can elaborate. So um, I know that when you uh, speak usually, and I've followed your work for a um, number of years, you kind of go in the flow, in a, in a flow state. And it's almost mm -hmm. like um, you are not even aware what you are saying. Your consciousness, your, your awareness is not kind of like you are reading a script or you've memorized a speech. Or So the, the question is, Number one question is, what is your definition? Can you describe to our audience that state of flow? And then also in relation to the human experience, the spiritual being, is there some sort of higher power that you feel is channeling through you that wisdom, that knowledge, this you know um, ancient wisdom, if you will, uh, or is this something else? Can you describe that for us, please? Describe the flow. Describe. <laughs> uh, for me, flow is the nature of existence. Flow is the nature of life. Life is flow. Flow is always there, whether we're in the flow or not in the flow. Flow is flow is life. Life is flow. The flow always is. It's just that I think, in many ways, uh, uh, our own, you know. Uh, uh, I sense of self-identification and the way that we hold on to our sense of self, egoic, the ego, the egoic, you know, grip can uh, get in the way of the flow that always is. 
you know and, and so we think with this body we think with this human we think with this persona we think we are our conditioning and our thoughts and our belief systems and our belief structures and, and this person that we become Coot or John or Eldon or Susie or what have you and we, we, we hold so tightly onto this this set of pattern conditioned belief structures and we call this me and the more we uh, shall we say, attached to the sense of identification, I think the less in flow we are, the less we are in that flow, the less we are open to the flow because we're, 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 we're contracted, we're self-contracted. Let me back up and just share, just make, this might help people too. You know, I think when we're born, as children, we are free, we are flow, we're a child flows, we're in the flow. Where you look into a child's eyes, a child, you can see the essence of this child, the flow in this child. They're just, you know, flowing, right? And 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 the child is free, pure, unconditioned, divine soul essence. But we meet our parents, and our parents, God bless them, they're just doing the best that they can do based on their history, their childhood, their conditioning, their traumas, et cetera, et cetera, ancestral, you know, karma. And so we're born into a framework of conditioning, uh, a framework of conditioning, a framework of dysfunction, a framework of preset, you know, ideologies. And so uh, maybe there's pain, maybe there's trauma, maybe there's hurt, maybe our parents are alcoholic, maybe they're fighting all the time, maybe there's abuse, maybe, maybe there's neglect and they just don't know how to meet our needs emotionally. They're nice people, maybe. And so two things happen when we start to disconnect from the flow that we are. We are the flow, right? First thing that happens is we learn often unconsciously to shut down, disconnect, and not feel as a survival mechanism to not feel the pain that is going on. Shut down, disconnect, suppress. And so we start to erect all sorts of walls and defense mechanisms to not feel the pain. And layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of unfelt feeling and emotions start to build up, which disconnect us from our true essence and that flow. That's one, often unconsciously. And the second thing is we learn a way of being. We learn how to uh, go through life, the sense of well, who do I need to be in order for daddy to love me? Who do I need to be for mom to love me? For me, it was unconscious, but like most of us, I thought I needed to be the perfect son, the, you know, the caretaker, the responsible one, the holy one, the, you know, all of these things that I thought I needed to be, that was reinforced. And so we start developing a role and a mask and a persona, a way of being that we hold so tightly onto in order to avoid pain and to get love, validation and approval. And before you know, know it, we contort ourselves into the shape and that shape of conditioned version of ourselves becomes who we think we are and we think that's who we really are. And we hold so tightly onto that way, onto that way of being that gets reinforced by society, by teachers, by friends, by parents, you know, you know, good Eldon, good boy, good Susie. Okay. And so we be more of that. And so we hold so tightly thinking this is who we are the more tightly we hold on to this conditioned version of ourselves, ego, the less in flow we are, the less we flow, you know? And so I would invite everyone to, to question, uh, 
Like I think to really be free in, 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 and loosen our conditioning is the process of life, is the process of evolution, you know, is to be able to loosen that conditioning so that we can allow more of grace, more of divine light, more of our true soul, more of that flow of life to just express through us. But the degree to which we're holding so tightly on to know that this is who I am. I just am this way. I am this person. This is just who I am. Uh, we're not in, we're not able to to be open to the flow, you know, because there's so much of me, I in the way, in the way, and so is who you are, who you really are, or is it who you've simply been conditioned to be? The degree to which we are conditioned is the degree to which we're not free to flow. We're not free to flow. We're we're, we're stuck in a sense of rigidity. We're stuck in a sense of rigid holding in a point called me. That's not really who we are. And so I think if we can start questioning, who am I? What do I believe? Do I really believe this? Is this what I believe? Is this what I feel? Uh, Who am I really? What am I really? And to actually be willing to not be so sure, we can start loosening the grip of our own self-identification. We can also begin to start a process and either through therapy or some, you know, spiritual work, therapeutic work, start loosening the, 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 the rigidity of meanness uh, so we can relax. The ego is often resistance to that because the ego's job is to reinforce its identity that gives us a sense of I exist, you know? And so as we loosen that, through feeling, through emotion, through questioning, through letting go of the pain, the trauma, the hurt, the guilt, all that stuff we've been carrying, there's more fluidity in our being. So yes, I'm this, but I'm also more. I'm Coop, but I'm also more. I'm Eldon, but I'm also not just this. What I am is that infinite stream. And so as we loosen that, then there's more space for that infinite stream to flow. And to me, that is a, a surrendering, surrendering to life, surrendering to the flow. So for me, when I, that was kind of a, a long explanation, but, but when, when, I, when I speak, it's really a process of getting myself out of the way and dissolving. Actually, when I speak, there's always a prayer I say, which is universe, you use me, that's it. And so, you know, uh, I think real freedom is my challenge to people. Real freedom is realizing that you are not the doer. You are not the doer. Life is the doer. In fact, let's don't take it from me. You might argue with me, but let's look at Jesus. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, he was someone that for me realized his true self and is a possibility for us all. Jesus said, it's not I, I, I that does the work. It's the Father that does the work. The Father, life, the universe, you know, infinite expression, infinite divine, whatever you want to label. It's not I that does the work. Life does the work, the universe does the work, God does the work through me. And I think that's the possibility of what we get to open to. That is really the real essence of surrender. It's like, wow, okay. But the ego is always seeking to reinforce itself. How the ego seeks to reinforce itself is to be the doer, and it has to gotta do, gotta do, gotta do, gotta do, gotta do, gotta do, gotta be busy, gotta do, gotta be in control. Because the more I there is, the more. I exist, and that's how we reinforce ourselves. And it's okay, it's just the human experience, it's part of being human. But I think part of the process is the ability to be in the world, but not of the world. To be in human expression and enjoy it, but also realize that what we are 
is not limited to this form. And so for me, speaking is, is just uh, when I'm on stage, it's just, it's a letting go. It's a letting go. And it's a trusting of realizing it's not I Coop, that speaks. I just need to get myself out of the way and allow life to flow through me. And, you know, how does it feel? It feels blissful because in that state, in that flow. So I would actually say it's not even a state. It's the flow is not a state. A state comes and goes. Flow always is. The flow always is. So it's beyond the state. You know, it's beyond an emotion. The flow is always flowing. It's like the river is always flowing, whether you're in it or not. The river's flowing. You might jump out of the river, you know, or you might sit on a rock, but the the river is always flowing, you know. And so uh, I think part of why it feels blissful for me when I'm speaking is because there's no me. And that's what you could say true flow is. That's what, when you dissolve, that's what true bliss is. And if you look at this, people might say, what? Yeah, but, but it's scary often for our sense of self because of no me. For the ego, that feels like death. But if you look at, for, for the guys out there, a moment of ejaculation, a moment of orgasm, making love, boom, boom, orgasm, right? The little death, boom. It's like, it's so blissful. It's like, ah, why? Because in that moment, you dissolve <laughs> in that moment you dissolve for a moment and then you're back and so that freedom from self is ultimately the deep intuitive drive that we're all seeking you know we're all seeking as human beings the freedom from self and i think that that freedom is intuitively what we often seek through experience. If I make enough money, I'm going to be free. If I can have enough sex and have enough orgasm, then I'll be free. If I can do some drugs for a moment, you do drugs, you do alcohol. It's like, ah, that egoic grip loosens for a moment. Like, ah, I feel looser because I had some drinks. Like, ah, what we're really seeking is that deeper dimension of freedom into the flow that is. So you could say we're seeking flow. We're seeking God. We're seeking what we are in that flow. seeking seeking what our essence is basically and and there is so many things i want to unpack here and i want to tell you i'm going to go back to what you said at the beginning of uh just you know a few moments ago so my audience knows but i will inform you as well my wife and i we just had a baby boy he's now almost five months of age at the end of this month he'll be five months and it's absolute truth when i look at my son he is like the, um, you know, that pure consciousness, the, the divine spirit, the love, the, the unconditional love, like oozing from every cell in his body. And our mutual friend, my wife's, and, uh, my wife's friend and my friend, he said to us, do you know why God uh, makes us have babies, you know, human babies? Mm-hmm. I was like, why? He goes, to remind humans that there is God, there is this divinity, not only within the baby, but to remind you that you are that same divine being. And I was like, wow, that's very, very deep. And, you know, I I do have, um, you know, I studied many different sciences, but from the scientific perspective, um, Einstein said that there is this field of energy, right? everywhere, all around us, as well as within us. 
But what there is a quote. He says, this field is the sole governing agency of matter, of particles. Basically, this physical body is matter, right? But who and what we truly are, it's the field. So people go about the wrong way to try to manifest things, to try to live life by trying to use matter to change matter. But in reality, this, I do like seminars on this. In reality, what we need to do is to tap into and be connected to this field of who and what we truly are. Because, um, you know, my, I am not Eldin. That's my name. Eldin yes. and Hassa is the two words. My parents gave it to me and I am not this hand. I'm not, I don't say I am hand. I say my hand. But who is the I that the hand belongs exactly. to? Exactly. You yeah. know? Yeah. And so when you... Uh, go very very deep as in you you said i i also encourage my audience to ask who am i and what am i and ponder on this often often because everything else is just labels your profession your name your everything because in in this field there are two requirements for you to connect to the field it's your thought your intention and most importantly your emotion and if you are going to you require your heart. And if you're going to do these creative processes, your heart better be open and activated. Because if your heart, as you described, is shrunk and it's like me and ego, then you, you are going actually swimming upstream. You know, you're going against the floor, flow and you're like, why is this not happening? Why is this it's because you say, I, I don't know, people want financial freedom, they want money, they want something or maybe love. They say, well, I have an intention. I want to achieve, you know, a million dollars a month. I want to, uh, you know, fall in love and have family. But then their feeling, you know, it's in opposition. Say, you're not good enough. You're not going to be able to get this, you know. And so because the two, even the, you know, going back to Jesus, Jesus said, when you marry the two in this temple, in this house, what he meant by marry the two, the thought and intention, he meant in the body, in your essence. When you marry the thought and intention as one, and you then say, and when you pray, you pray as if the prayer has already been answered, meaning you cannot be saying, oh, I wish for this. But then you go about your day looking for it. Where is it? Where is it? It's not there yet. You're looking at your phone. Your bank account is not there yet. You know, those two are in opposition. So I know you're an expert in this on manifestation and, you know, everything else that I just kind of, you know, went on a tangent. But uh, please enlighten us further on what it takes. I mean, you picked up on fear. Fear is a very, very big topic. You know, for the last two years, you know, people were obviously in perpetual yeah. state of fear and they kind of hit pause for two years. And now kind of the world is opening up a bit, but, yeah. but people are still having this residual kind of feeling of fear. And like, I don't feel like, you know, I'm waiting for what the president is going to say, the prime minister, for what this, I'm, I, like they're still waiting in limbo, kind of let me see what's going on. So how do you, how, what advice could you give to people about fear, what fear it really is, and what should one do in order to actually, you know, uh, manifest the life of their dreams um, in spite of fear? Yeah, a couple of questions inside of that, you know, um, yeah, to me, 
you don't have to get rid of fear. Uh, fear is just a signal. Fear is just, I think what we can do is learn to ch- shift our relationship to fear and, and realize that fear is just a signal. Fear is just energy. Fear is just a sensation that arises that we can pay attention to and use as feedback, you know, to pay attention. Maybe uh, something is needing attention. Maybe something is needing our, our awareness. Maybe something is needing our presence. The challenge is we often allow ourselves to be hijacked by fear. Then we start thinking, going into some future, which creates more sense of fear, negative future fantasy about the future and what's going to happen that hasn't happened yet. And we freak ourselves out, you know, about stuff that hasn't even happened yet right now. So it might as well, it's, it's, it's like, you know, if you're going to get fat, you might as well eat the chocolate cake. But if you haven't eaten the chocolate cake, you know, like you're going into the future, experiencing all the fear of that, which is now creating your reality and it hasn't even happened and it may never happen. And so I think one thing we can start doing is, is just cultivating a relationship with the fear. So when we feel the fear is not to resist it, but actually checking like, is there a message here? Is there something I need to pay attention to? Is it, is it fact or is it fiction? Is there something I need to be aware of? Is there something I need to course correct? Because I don't think it's about living without fear or being fearless, you know, because I think fear has its place if we have a healthy relationship to it, right? Uh, uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a just a natural survival instinct. The challenge is many of us were running down the street as though there's a tiger chasing us and there's not. So I think it's important that we turn and go, okay, is there a tiger chase? If there's a tiger chasing you, yeah, it may be good to run. You know, if you're if you're tiger chasing you and your kid, that you you can use that fear to 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 not just freeze, but to move into some kind of action. So if you kind of get rid of fear completely, you might just sit there and go, okay, tiger, come on, and it just bites you and it just defeats the whole point of, of everything. And so fear is a messenger, feelings are a messenger. To me, they're not good or bad. The challenge is we label it as good or bad, right? It's not good or bad, it's just feedback. So use it as feedback, that's the first thing. Um, in terms of, you know, and, and if you're feeling fear, I think in any, this can go for any emotion. I believe that no feeling lasts forever. And if you can just take the label off of the fear, because we often have this label fear, which then we have a judgment, which creates a contraction. Take the label off of the fear. Don't even resist the fear. If you're then able to just experience the sensation the sensation that you were labeling fear, but the sensation, and just allow that to move through your body with awareness, not collapse into it with a story, oh, this is gonna happen, that's gonna happen, oh my God, it's like, no, bring yourself into this moment and allow that sensation to just move through your body. You'll find that it often just moves through and it dissolves. It just moves through and it dissolves. You don't have to hold on to it. You don't have to wallow in it. You don't have to reinforce it. Just allow it to like, ah, sensation, move through. And it will often move through and just complete itself as a cycle. So you're not resisting the fear. Like, I shouldn't be afraid. I shouldn't be afraid. I shouldn't be afraid. But I am. Or you're not holding on to it and collapsing. You're just being with it with awareness and letting it move through as a sensation then the cycle of fear often dissolves. So that's that's something that, that's helpful. Then I think many times we stay stuck in focusing on what we don't want, focusing on all the things that could go wrong, could happen, haven't happened. And that focus also keeps us frozen. And so rather than just staying stuck in that helplessness, I think it's important that we also ask ourselves, okay, well, what action can I take? Fear, staying stuck in the fear and frozen in the fear can also be 
a victim's approach, a victim, an abdication of our own responsibility. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, rather than saying, okay, what is, what is the situation? What is not the situation? Where are things at? Face reality, become a lover of reality, face it, and then ask yourself, yes, I'm afraid, and rather than staying stuck on that, focusing on what are the actions that I can take that are in my control right now? What are the actions that I can take right now to move me towards where I want to go? And focus on the actions that you can take rather than just frozen in what you don't want and the fear. And that's, that's one thing I would say, you know, that's one thing I would say. And so what was the second part of your question? About manifestation? Um, yes, to... yeah, I know, I know you have a lot of expertise on manifestation. So um, how, oh, yeah. what advice do you give yeah. to somebody mm. to, uh, mm. from this perpetual state of fear to kind of move forward to, you know, work on their goals, work on their dreams in spite okay. of so, fear? So, 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 so I would also say that, you know, if someone feels no fear, like I feel no fear yet, probably your goals are also not big enough. That's what I would also say. If you feel zero fear, if zero, like, oh, I feel no fear, probably your goals aren't big enough because if you're really up to big shit in life, big things in life, there's going to be some, some fear, some fear. But you don't have to let it hijack you. To me, fear is kind of an excitement without breath and so when you feel the fear you can breathe into that fear and realizing because when you're growing outside of your comfort zone when you're expanding where you've never expanded before when you're going where you've never gone before when you're stretching yourself to do what you've never done before that you have no idea when you're going into the unknown there's going to be some some we'll call it fear some energy movement that you can label fear and so breathe into that if, if you don't feel that, like, yeah, I already know how this is going to, yeah, I already know what's going to, set bigger goals. Set Because goals should actually stretch you and expand you beyond where you've been before, challenge you in ways that you haven't, challenge you in ways that you don't know, because that, 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 that stretch will force you to tap into parts of yourself that previously were dormant, to access parts of yourself that were previously asleep so that you can expand and grow and evolve. So goals should be evolutionary in nature that force you to grow and evolve. And, 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 and so you can tell a really great goal when you say, hmm, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't, I don't know how this is going to occur. And whew, it's, a little, it's a little scary. It's a little exciting. It's a little, it's a little, you feel a little energy moving and you breathe into that and you expand and, you, and, and that calls more of you forward. To me, that's a great goal, a goal that forces you to grow. So if you don't have some fear in a healthy way, healthy way, then choose a bigger goal. The other thing I'll say is if you don't like your reality or what you're manifesting, here's what I want you to think about. The world that you see, the world that you experience, your life, your relationships, your results, the world is a mirror manifestation of your consciousness. Everything you attract and you're manifesting is a mirror manifestation of your consciousness. There is no world out here. They're really The world out here is really a projection of yourself, the projection of your most deeply held feelings, emotions, beliefs, stories that you tell yourself, you know? And so 
what we tend to do is try to, you talked about matter and matter earlier. What we try to do is change, 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 change this, change this person, change this job, change my hairstyle, change all these things out here. The challenge is if the world is a mirror manifestation of my consciousness, it's a projection of my consciousness, rather than just focusing on changing what's out here, manifesting stuff out here, if we don't change our consciousness, if we don't change our belief structure, if we don't change our internal energy system, if we don't shift, release, let go, then even if you do manage to manipulate and change what's out here, usually the, 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 the circumstances out here will gravitate back towards your natural energetic vibrational set point and where you are in your consciousness. And so I think it's so important. Look at the world, realize it's a mirror, Realize what you're manifesting is a gift because it's showing you and giving you feedback, mirroring to you, where are you at? You don't have to like it, but the mirror doesn't lie. It's like getting on a scale. You might say, no, I'm enlightened. I'm yeah, but all your relationships are messed up and you're broke and you have no money and you're homeless. The mirror doesn't lie. You know, it's like, it's like if you get on a scale, you get on the scale, you weigh 477 pounds. Don't get mad at God. Don't even beat the mirror. Don't blame anyone. It's just this is the feedback. So what you manifest is just feedback of your own consciousness. So look at your reality. Here's where you can start. Look at your reality kind of impersonally and say, this is what's showing up. Do I like what I see? Number two, what is my world that's showing me about myself, about what I believe? about how I feel about myself, about my deeply held beliefs inside. What is it showing me? Because the mirror doesn't lie. And rather than, you know, blaming, use that as feedback to shift and let go and release and transform your own consciousness to heal those parts of yourself that might feel unworthy and unlovable that get projected out there. And, and, and I think that's the part we have control of. That's the part we can shift. And that's, that's the blessing. You know? And so I, I, I like to say, it's not your job to even make shit happen. It's not your job to even manifest things. It's not your job. To, life is already manifesting everything. Everything is manifesting the universe simultaneously on different levels. It's all already existing, you know? If anything, it's our job to remove the mental, the emotional, spiritual blocks within ourselves so that we can bring ourselves into alignment with what we want, vibrationally, energetically, emotionally, spiritually, when we bring ourselves into alignment, we'll be much more likely, as we shift ourselves, the projector, what gets projected and what we start vibrationally attracting, obviously backed up by action in the real world, what we start vibrationally attracting will be much more of a vibrational match. And so life isn't about making things happen, it's about clearing away it's about subtracting what's not so we can bring ourselves into alignment. Alignment is a key to manifestation. And so imagine a map. I'll keep, uh, maybe get, break down some of it. You have thoughts plus feelings. So, yeah, th think positive thoughts, obviously. Focus on where you want to go. Focus on what you want. Thoughts plus feelings. As, a, as though it's already done, as you mentioned, feel, feel the feeling of completion. Feel the feeling of it's already done. Your body, your nervous system, your subconscious doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. So feel it, taste it, smell it. Give thanks for it. Give thanks for it. Being gratitude for it. So thoughts, feelings, words, how you speak, 
Well, if it happens, well, make no, no. How you speak, speak it as though it's already done. Thoughts, feelings, uh, words connect. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. You know, creation, thoughts, feelings, words, plus purpose. You know, really connecting to the sense of purpose. Like, what is the purpose? The purpose is the why. Why do I want to manifest this thing? Like, like when there's a connection of thoughts, feelings, words. And purpose that goes together, that why is a fuel that drives you forward. So thoughts, feelings, words, purpose creates a vibration, creates a frequency in your field, in your life that starts radiating and be and, and magnetizing more of what you want. But also in manifestation, here's what a lot of people miss: is it's important to have a vehicle. You need, you need, you know, you need a vehicle. You know, people say, I want to manifest a billion dollars and, and I'm a massage therapist and I'm charging $22 an hour. You know, anything can happen, but it's not likely. Sadly, you have the wrong vehicle, you know. So, so part of the manifestation map component is we need a vehicle that is optimized to hold the vision and the goal that you have. And sometimes we don't manifest because we have simply the wrong damn vehicle. You need a vehicle. So you're going to have to review your vehicle. Like your vehicle may not be able to hold the vibration and the, the bigness of the goal. And then you do need off the vehicle, you need strategy. You need the correct strategy. Strategy being a roadmap and a plan. Sometimes we do strategy up front, which then freaks us out. But but once you have the vehicle, like if now we have all these components in place, it's like saying, I want to go from, I want to want to drive from London, right, to, to Scotland. And instead of going up north, you head south towards, you know, I don't know, uh, Cornwall or something. You, Cornwall, you head, yeah. yeah, you head toward Cornwall. And you're like meditating, praying, yes, I'm in Scotland. I love <laughs> Scotland. I mean, it ain't happening. You have the wrong strategy. And sometimes us amazing spiritual folks, we're doing all the right practices and meditation, but we're going in the wrong direction. We've got the wrong sequencing. We've got the wrong strategy. That can, that can shift when you're reading mentors, podcasts, finding people that have walked the path before that can guide you in terms of the right sequence and direction and the map. You know. And so once you have the strategy in place, then you can take action that is aligned action that is aligned. And that then is a manifestation kind of map that people can follow that can move people forward. Last thing I'll say, here's why things tend to not manifest. Number one, at least what I've seen, I'm gonna, it's probably 16 reasons, but let me uh, distill it to three or four. Number one, that what you want or what the goal that you're going for it's not actually what you truly authentically want that's, a, that's in alignment with your soul. It's just what you think you want based on who you think you are. And sometimes your goals might be a projection of your unmet needs from childhood. Like if I can get that body and get that Lamborghini and get that house and get that blah, 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 then I'm going to be enough, you know? And so your goal is not really an authentic desire. It's more of a wound ego-based desire. And so it's not in alignment. And so sometimes it doesn't align often doesn't align. That's one. So then you have to step back and feel deeper. Like what's true? Feel what's true. Reflect like, I thought I wanted that, but no, nah, this is what I really, really authentically want. That's, that's what I thought I should do. But no, I don't really want to be on TV. I want to do, th this is what I want. I was just seeking validation from the world. So 
That's number one. Number two, timing. Sometimes, honestly, it's not the right time yet. You might want to go, you know, swimming in, in your bikini in, 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 on Christmas Day in, the, in Scotland, but I don't know about you, it's pretty, it's pretty cold, I'm told, in Scotland in Christmas, right? And so, and so sometimes it's just timing. The ego, we just want what we want when we want it because we think we know, but we really don't. And even when we think we know, we often don't, you know? And, and so timing, we have to trust the seasons and trust the life timing and, and trust the flow of life. And so step back, cultivate patience, use that time when we have to be patient to prepare yourself, to study, to prepare, to get things ready. Because in that time, sometimes you think, oh, nothing's really happening right now because I'm just being here. I'm just being still. Or, but, but many times when you're not doing anything, life is synchronizing all the pieces of the puzzle and the people together in ways that are beyond you, beyond your own imagination. So trust divine timing. Number three, one reason I see things don't manifest too, you haven't learned the lessons that you need to learn yet in the current situation. As you said, we are souls having a human experience. And to me, we incarnate into this human experience to learn, to grow, to evolve, to learn lessons. Life is a school and a curriculum. Every experience is the curriculum for our soul's evolution for this human experience, you know? And so that being the case, if you don't learn the lessons you need to learn where you are at, you keep yourself stuck. And all lessons are repeated until learned. And many times we're not manifesting, but we don't realize, I haven't learned what I needed to learn. I haven't, it's like, you don't get to graduate to university unless you complete those A-levels, unless you pass those A-levels. You know, and then there's, there's D, C, B, A, you know, there's different levels, but you've got to at least pass. And so sometimes we want to manifest that next level but we haven't passed the lesson. We haven't learned the lesson that our soul is seeking to learn in this relationship right now. And so what we tend to do in those moments is force. We force things. Rather than forcing, step back. See yourself as a soul having this human experience and ask yourself, what is the lesson that my soul is seeking to learn in this situation and in this relationship? And really step back, roll your sleeves up, learn the lesson. There's no way to hack or shortcut your way through because even if you don't learn that lesson and let's say you skip the line and you cheat your way to the next level, likely the next level of success, you will not sustain it. You'll fall back. So learn the lesson. When you learn the lesson, that's the key to unlock the lock to graduate to the next level of your manifestation because you have become it. Life doesn't just give you what you want or what you think about or what you pray about or what you meditate about. Life gives you what you are. And when you become it, you can't cheat life. The mirror has to show you and manifest what you are because that's what you are. You're not faking it. You're not visual. You're not pretending. It's what you are. And life is that feedback mechanism. Lastly, um, sometimes... You know, uh, sometimes we just have to be tested, you know, right? Like, really, like, it's a, it's a persistence test. Of, do you want it? Are you sure? Are you really clear? And so we have to persevere. And if we are truly aligned, then anything worth, anything worth it requires a little perseverance. So those are a few things. It's like, how bad do you want it? How you get tested, right? Yes, and yes. I want to say, um, you've picked up on it a few times, you know, about the sense of unworthiness. 
And yeah. there is a saying, an, another reason which a lot of teachers, you know, you probably heard that as well, have been saying that universe only gives you what you think you are worthy of receiving. So part of the reason why perhaps you are not manifesting the life that you desire, finances, relationships, and, and everything else that you desire is because you don't feel and think that you are worthy of receiving. This is, by the way, unconscious. And you yes. picked up on it even early on. You know, I, I do a lot of uh, training on uh, the reprogramming the subconscious mind nice. because, you know, the programming happens the last trimester of pregnancy and then the first seven years of, of the child's life. And then mm. later on, obviously, continues to be programmed. But those seven years are the most crucial. So, you know, I, I say to people, look, everything that we are operating from, you know, it's um, from the set of programs which is about 95% of everything we do comes from the subconscious programs, from the set of behaviors, um, actions, programs, and you are not even aware. You've got this 5% of your conscious mind, and you know, conscious mind reads by listening to this podcast, yes. reading a book. Uh, but the problem is, you. I know you've been teaching about this as well. When you don't embody the knowledge that you've acquired, you have not become it, you know, there is a subconscious program which is in opposition to your wishes, goals, dreams, and desires. And so unless you do some deep healing, you know, um, some deep work, as you mentioned, heal spiritually, emotionally, remove these disempowering programs, which a lot of experts are saying over 98% of these programs are disempowering. So mm. it's kind of like, you know, well, um, I've been trying so hard and things always seem to be out of reach. No matter yes. what I do, yes. they seem to be out of fighting, competition, you know, hard work. And it's like, first question is, why do you, why do you work so hard? And the second question is that, have you ever done any introspection? And your reflection to see, you know, what are the things, as you mentioned, mirror and, you know, and, and magnetism, you mentioned that as well. And I totally agree. You become it, you become a vortex and we do not generate wealth. We attract wealth by the person we become. We attract everything by the person we become, but we have to go through these tests and trials and, you know, different kind of experiences in order to become, you know, that's how we grow. That's how we evolve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, this podcast can go for a week. I have <laughs> I have one million more questions, <laughs> right? But before we close this podcast today, um, let us bring you back on to tell us more about uh, your latest book and also the previous book. I know they're both like bestsellers. Um so tell us more about your books and where people can find them and where people can find you as well and your amazing work. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the latest book is really what I'm, I'm really excited about. You Are the One is my first book. Check that out. Uh, the latest book came out last year. The Magic of Surrender is really what it's about. Um, finding the courage to let go. Um, and we dive deep into surrender. It's a really powerful book. Uh, for those that get the book, basically the, pod, the, the paperback version of the book is coming out May the 3rd. And for everyone that buys the book, the paperback version, May the 7th, I'm doing a very special live 
online virtual seminar for three hours. We're going to deep dive into surrender. The, the, the seminar is called Reinvent Life. Uh, and we're going to help you reinvent yourself, connect to your truth and share your gifts with the world. It's going to be a really life-changing uh, three hours. I'm very excited about it. So I want to invite everyone to attend. Uh, the website is, uh, let me think, www.kootblackson.com forward slash reinvent seminar. That's coot, K-U-T-E, blackson.com forward slash reinvent seminar. So yeah, go to Amazon get the, the paperback version, get your receipt, plug your receipt number into the website and you get access to the seminar plus a bunch of other gifts on May May the 7th. And yeah, people can find me, you know, um, where uh, Instagram, Kuplex and Facebook, Kuplex and my website, uh, all the info's there. I do an event in Bali twice a year starting in July called Boundless Bliss Bali. You can find out more info on the website. And yeah, I'm very excited about surrender. Um, and, and this message of surrender is very meaningful to me. Um, you know, somehow we have this idea that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that surrender means if you're going to be a doormat, get left behind, you're going to not manifest your goals, dreams and desires. And, and so you're going to get less. And I'm actually saying that surrender is the most powerful thing that you can do. Surrender is, is, is the password to freedom to your next level. Surrender is the key to the great ones. You look at Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, you know, uh, Mandela, Martin Luther King, uh, they all, Elon Musk, you know, they all at some point, they have to surrender themselves to a bigger vision, surrender themselves to their soul, surrender themselves to life. And that's when I think they tapped into another dimension of themselves beyond their own conscious mind, beyond their own ego's capacity to manifest their life. They surrendered. And in that surrender, life was able, they were in the flow, the real flow with the capital F, and life was able to flow through them and manifest through them and create through them in ways that went beyond what they could have done on their own. And so I think surrender is, is where we are as a humanity, where we're being initiated into as a humanity over the last couple of years. We are in a global seminar of surrender the last couple of years. And it's a it's a phase transition I think we're in as a human consciousness, a transition out of just the sort of ego-driven way of living to a much more soulful, aligned, you know, in sync, oneness way of living, uh, aligned with who we really are, aligned with what we really are, aligned with our truth, aligned with the divinity of our being, you know. And so I think there's a phase transition that's happening. And uh, I would say that surrender is, is, is the key, you know, just to be clear, like, Surrender is really letting go of control or, or at least the idea of control that we thought that we had that maybe we're realizing we, we, don't, we didn't really have it in the way that we thought. Surrender is when we stop trying to force life to fit into a certain idea of what we think it should be based on our mind. It's when we stop trying to manipulate life to be what we think we want it to be and we don't realize we're actually limiting life. Surrender is giving up the idea of who we think we should be and how we think life should be so that we can truly be open and available to life's blessing, to life flowing through us, to grace, to this infinite intelligence that is functioning all of existence to manifest itself through us, you know, in, 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 in miraculous ways. To me, that is when miracles happen. That is when the next level of manifestation happens when we surrender, because now 
our goals, our dreams, our desires are no longer limited to what we can just imagine with our own consciousness, imagine with our own mental you know, uh, capacity, mind, because the mind is limited to the past and conditioning and et cetera, et cetera. And so when we truly surrender, we're truly open to life and the infinite possibilities. And so the question maybe to leave people is, the old paradigm is all about what do I want? But we don't question who am I? And what is this I? And what are you? we don't question this I. And, and, and so, yeah, you can manifest asking yourself, what do I want? But the I is limited. The I is conditioned. To me, the real question in, in a paradigm of surrender is really asking, what is it that life wants to manifest through? What is it life wants to create through me? What is the deepest impulse of life, the divine, the universe, my soul? What is this deepest impulse that wants to express through me? And aligning oneself with that deepest expression of life, deepest expression of your being, then you can align your actions, your thinking, your thoughts, your feelings, your plan, your strategy, your intentions, align it with what's authentic. And I think that's the question opening yourself to being lived and used by life. That's, to me, part of surrender. Beautiful, beautiful. And as you said, surrender, you know, it's in the past, anyway, through the past conditioning and, and known as well. But when you are surrendering in the present moment, in a generous present moment, you are creating in the unknown. And that's the There only place that you are creating in, not from the known, because it's like a lot of people try to take the the, the past, they like Project plug it, it into the present, and they just, it's like a, a predictable hmm. future. They keep cre creating a predictable future based on the past experiences. There's no and, limits now. And, and this is part of as what you are saying, you get out of your own way. You have to surrender and get out of your own way in order for you to, and then, because if you're going to know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, then it's really just projecting the past experiences into the future. So, yeah, everyone, buy the book, attend the seminar. I'm going to share all the links Thank you. in this podcast and uh, we're going to make sure to publish this podcast ASAP so we're going to get thousands of people to attend by the way this is a free seminar that could and his yes. company and his team have put together to help humanity so this is not you know you're not going to pay a penny so I'm going to make sure this is out ASAP and get thousands of people to attend and people in around the world they love you Kut but Perfect. I am curious when are you going to be doing some live events in London I would Because, love to um, I would love to you know what well, I've actually here's what I've never done a live well, well, here, here, I, I, I'm going to put you on the spot you <laughs> and I we're going to do a live together we're going to do a seminar together I know you can teach for like three days so <laughs> we can discuss teach for a day together or for a weekend together but we should do it because I'm actually having loads of Americans come in uh, to me, you know, like, oh, can can you put an event together? Let's co-host an event together in London. So I'm having few this year. So I'm putting it out there. I mean, I've touch. got people like uh, Dr. Joan DiMartini, Mark Victor Hansen, all of them, they want to come and, you know, do Let's some, make it happen. Do some stuff happen. together. So since you Let's haven't been happen. in London teaching, I think uh, the London audience now more than ever Uh, needs what you have. I mean, you need to stay their souls to enlighten them with your wisdom. Let's do it. With your knowledge. Let's, do so, it. Let's do it. Yes. Thank you, brother. So I sent it into the universe. It's done. It's done.
All right. Thank you so much, Kud. Um, I do also ask the last question always to all my guests. Um, I, you already kind of told us, but what is um, one thing that you would like to, the impact that you would like to have on humanity while you are here? Yeah, for me, it's simple. It's, it's, I think it's the same as it's always been, really. Uh, and, and it may be the way that it expresses in different ways now will be more expansive, but ultimately is to, is to remind, awaken, reawaken people to who they really are and what we really are. Because I think when we remember who and what we really are as infinite beings, then we're truly powerful. We're truly free. And that's what I think this, this whole thing is about. Wow. Very, very powerful. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Kut. This was absolute pleasure to have you on my podcast. I am your host, Eldin Hassa. My amazing guest, Kut Blackson. Please uh, go to his website. Um, share this podcast with your loved ones. And thank you to my um, the Human Experience family. We have over 3 million of you now. And actually, large percentages in United States and the city is LA. Actually, the the I, like my podcast is like very very big in LA for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, thank you all. Lots of love, and we we'll see you in the next podcast. <laughs>